Welcome to another exciting Wednesday talk show with Vance. I'm your host today. Yes. Today we are here again every Wednesday, 9 p.m. on a very interesting topic. Like I'm sure you've always been hearing this from me every time I say it's an interesting topic. Today's topic, we are going to talk about iron deficiency. All right. There's so many things that's happening inside our body. Uh, sometimes we are not aware of that. And that actually can cause you a lot of other signs and symptoms. And we're just not able to read that. Uh, today, I have a, a wonderful guest with me today uh, who's going to talk a lot about on iron deficiency. So let me get him on board and he will do the introduction himself. And uh, this is the second time he's coming right on board with Kopi Van. So let me invite that special guest. Hello, doctor. Hi, Vance. Thanks for having me back. It's very good to have you again for the second time. I think the one we did was last year, if I'm not mistaken, right? Might have been about two years ago, actually, you know? That's, whoa, <laughs> three years, yeah? Okay, it just seems yeah. like, you know, we just added a talk session last year. Uh, thank you, Doc. I mean, with your busy schedule, you know, jumping in at corporate events to share what is all about higher deficiency. But before we even start jumping into the topic, um, we love you to do a short introduction about yourself, who you are, where you're from, so that our viewers will know. Thank you. Sure. Um, so my name is Dheeraj. I'm a general practitioner. Um, but I have a very special interest in treating nutritional deficiencies, especially iron deficiency. So I work in the clinic that you have up on your screen, the Integrative Medical Center by the Iron Suites. Um, we are a general practice and we believe in holistic health. So we're not just doctors in the clinic, but we have all members of the allied health team. We have a dietitian, we have two naturopaths, we have an osteopath, we have a physiotherapist. And our aim in the clinic is to basically treat the patient holistically and, you know, help them from all angles on the left, not just from the medical point of view, but talking to them about their diet, about their sleep, about their movement and, you know, functionality. So thank you, doctor. Thank you so much for that uh, short and nice introduction of yours. Um, let's talk about this uh, thing again, you know, um, iron deficiency. I mean, a lot of us will not be aware if um, you know someone is in iron deficiency. I mean, for yourself, I mean for myself, um, I do donate blood. So every time they give you this 
Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's called Florence or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They give you the iron tablets every time you donate blood. Yeah, so they give you two taps of it, and then of course they give you some, you know, drinks and food coupons. <laughs> Make sure that Correct. you are. But you know, um, and you know, sometimes of course they check the hemoglobin and kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. you know, the real question right now is how one should able to identify whether there's iron deficiency in my body. Yeah, so. Iron deficiency is probably the most common nutritional deficiency worldwide. Okay, it's uh, one of the nutrients that we have in our body. It's involved in countless processes in the body, and it's also really important to make hemoglobin, for example. Um, iron deficiency is a situation where the body doesn't have enough iron, and because iron is involved in so many processes, the symptoms uh, can be far and wide. The most common symptoms that we probably see with uh, related to iron deficiency are fatigue, hair loss is a big one, and also poor concentration. So as you can see, this, these symptoms are quite vague, and most of the time, the person or the patient just goes on thinking, oh, you know, I'm, I'm working really hard, uh, I'm not sleeping well, it's normal for me to feel this way. And that often causes a delay in the patient actually coming to find out or coming to know that they actually have iron deficiency. Um, furthermore, because the symptoms are so vague, sometimes when you go to doctors, um, they may not test iron for iron levels. Uh, traditionally, you know, most health screens don't include it. It's not a common blood test that's run in Singapore. And sometimes this may even lead the doctor down a path of giving you a misdiagnosis. You know, for example, you know, or you're just feeling burnt out or you're just stressed or in a worst case scenario, you have depression because, you know, your mood is low. You can't concentrate. You're feeling tired. And, you know, it can lead to uh, a misdiagnosis. It can lead to, you know, unnecessary healthcare costs when actually it's just really simply tested by a simple blood test. Sorry, I've lost... Uh, I can't hear you. Can you hear me right now? Yes, now I can. All right. uh, we, we're definitely going to go and jump in into the sign and symptoms in a while of what actually can cause us high deficiency, what are things to look out for. But doctor, you know, um, when we talk about iron deficiency, uh, most of the time is iron is important because it helps you to get enough oxygen, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, through your body. Your body uses iron to make hemoglobin and hemoglobin is a part of your red blood cells. I mean, so many things are happening in the body without me knowing. Sometimes mm-hmm. you don't even know what is exactly is happening inside um you know we also see these cartoon characters you know papa eating spinach and kind of stuff um in your clinic um that we talked about which is called the uh, the integrated medical center by the high switch how this iron deficiency been tested about um so it's, it's just a simple blood blood test you know we take uh, two tubes of blood which is a total of about five or six mils um just from one injection point um and we get results the next day it's a pretty quick, easy test. And basically what we're looking for is something called serum ferritin. Right. So ferritin is a key marker of your iron storage levels. And that's the best indicator to check your iron status in the body. So right. it's a non-fasting blood test that can be done at any clinic, basically. If I, if I recall clearly, I came to your clinic, I think about a year, I mean, three years back. And we did iron deficiency. So I didn't fall into that iron deficiency. I think so. But I got to check the report and maybe have a visit to your clinic very soon. Um, and also, we're going to look at the uh, risk factors. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, you mentioned it very clearly. I mean, a lot of us are working like nine hours, 12 hours a day. 
we go for quick and fast food, processed food, sort of stuff. And also, we're going to talk a little bit on the nutrition part later part. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, like, you know, like a burnout, is it also a kind of a risk factor? What are we looking here, Doc? Um, so burnout, not really a risk factor that causes iron deficiency, but essentially the thing to understand is that the body can't make iron. Okay. So you have to get your iron from your external sources. And the other thing is that the body can't secrete iron. That means it doesn't come out in your, you know, uh, your poop or anything like that. But the main way that we lose iron is when we have blood loss. So if you think about your iron level as like a, as a, well, let's use coffee as an example, yeah. right? You think about the level, what the level of the drink in your cup as the iron levels. You either become iron deficient if you don't put enough in, or if you have a leak in the cup, right? right. So now let's look at the things where situations where you might not be putting enough in. So, for example, we all know that iron usually comes from meat sources, right? So your vegetarians, your vegans, those who are not eating enough meat, may yeah. not be adding enough iron into their cup. Right. Or let's say you are eating meat sources, you are eating a healthy diet, but you have absorption issues. So think right. about the food that comes into your mouth, it goes into your gut, it has to be absorbed in order right. for the body to get the iron. So if you have any chronic gut issues like celiac disease, inflammatory bowel disease, or, you know, for example, people who have acid reflux and they're taking anti-acid medication to reduce that acidity in the stomach. Right. Now, the bad thing is, the bad news is that iron actually needs an acidic environment to be absorbed. Ah. So if you're taking antacids to help with your reflux, you might also be impacting your iron absorption. Right. So those are some of the situations where you're not adding enough into the cup. Now let's think of the situation where you might have a big leak in the cup, right? So right. the biggest one is uh, heavy menses. So that's why it's mostly yeah. women who are at biggest risk of becoming iron deficient. So especially if those who have a very heavy cycle every month, yeah. when you lose blood, you lose iron. Right. That's just the simplest and the biggest risk factor that's associated with iron deficiency. Now, some men may also be iron deficient because they may have blood loss, but that's right. often through the GI tract. Okay. So if you have blood loss through your stool, sometimes you can't see it with the naked eye. Yeah. And you may not even know that it's happening. So when we see a man who has iron deficiency, that's not common. So that already starts to ring alarm bells. And the last and also, doctor, sorry, along the way, just uh, to pause you here for along the way when you mentioned because women, you know, we know that monthly cycles, you know, some are AB flow, some are, you know, very light. But for men, um, the sign and symptoms is not much there, right? I mean, unless mm -hmm. we go and do a yearly checkup. But you know, some indications on the poo, uh, when the poo, like, you know, pure, dark, black color, uh, is yeah. it also a sign of could be, right? Is it, is it a sign yeah. also? Okay, so when you have blood in the stools, it may not always look like fresh red blood if you cut yourself. Sometimes yeah. if the bleeding is in the upper GI tract, that means the gastrointestinal tract, by the time the blood gets to the bottom, it actually gets digested and that looks like what you're talking about, the black, tarry yeah. stool. Yeah. It also looks a bit sticky. Yeah. Sometimes it can look like a, sorry to say this, but like a raspberry jam, you know, like a dread, oh, dark okay. red currant jelly. Um, that could be a sign of bleeding in the gut. Right. And uh, as yourself, you said, you know, you, you donate blood, right? Imagine someone's doing that frequently. Each time you yeah. donate blood, you donate three, 400 mils. Yeah. That's equivalent of a, a woman having four cycles. So if you do that okay. three times a year, yeah. it's, it's different. So blood donation, right. unfortunately, you are right. good. You know, you're saving lives, but you might be putting yourself at risk for developing iron deficiency yeah. as well. 
But doctor, can we also check here? I mean, um, you know, when we are still talking in the same in the sequence of the blood donation, right? Um, you know, after donating blood, you know, they give you these iron tablets and, and you consume mm. it. And also because iron tablets also can consume, when you consume iron tablets, your poo also have a higher chances of, we, we talked Turning about up. it, right? Uh, so yeah. it, it can be a mis, uh, what do you call it, that misjudged? Is there a chance yeah. there as well? Definitely. I mean, when you take oral iron, we know um, one of the common side effects is that it turns your stools dark or even black or very yeah. dark green. So maybe mistaken, but I guess uh, the patient should be aware that they've just started taking a new medication and they have right. that, then not to be alarmed. It's likely a secondary side effect to the, the oral supplements. Right. Yeah. And also, Doc, um, when you talk about this iron deficiency and the risk factors, because it's quite a very common thing, but it's just that some don't even realize it. Is there a, like a test that you need to do? Like, you know, seems like the, you know, the HbA1c, you know, every three months you want to do. Is there for iron deficiency... Uh, for check, either male or female, is there like, you know, once a year you have to do, is there some kind of recommendations? Or... I think I would recommend it definitely for all females to do it yeah. about once a year or if you have some of the risk factors that we talked about. So, yeah. you know, if you're a man and you're vegetarian or you have chronic gut disease yeah. or you donate blood frequently, then when I would recommend it, just adding that serum ferritin to your lab test whenever you do a health screen. Um, and you got to ask for it. Like I said, most of the time, it's not included. When you go to polyclinic to do a, a blood test for your cholesterol or your diabetes, which is your HbA1c, yeah. it's not commonly added. In fact, right. I uh, would you know, put money on most health, most health screening packages out there right. not including your nutrients like your right. iron. That's serum ferritin is the key test that we want to do. Right. And you know, Doc, um, the same line before we jump into the next question, because it's very interesting here right now. Um, you know, we, we just now we talked about exhaustion, lethargicness, you get tired. Uh, these yeah. are maybe one of the symptoms that, you know, you're high in deficiency. Is there anything that someone should look up for? It's like, hey, after 40, I feel like sleeping more. <laughs> or, you know, afternoon, I'm feeling sleepy. You know, the, the kind of yeah. lethargicness, you get it. You don't get it in the age of 20, 30. But then when you're 40s, you feel like, mm, <laughs> you know, something's slowing down. Yeah, so let, let's talk about some of the signs and symptoms, I guess. Yeah. Um, so you're right. Iron's most important function is to make hemoglobin, and hemoglobin carries oxygen around the body. So now if you think of that and you think of if you don't have enough oxygen going to your brain, you might get dizzy, right? If you don't have enough oxygen going to your lungs, you might get breathless when you exercise, for example. Right. Not enough oxygen going to your muscles, you might feel fatigue or you might feel extremely tired. So these are some of the common signs and symptoms on top of just the hemoglobin and oxygen carry um, function of, of iron. Iron is also important in DNA synthesis. It's also important in immunity. It's also important for hair strength. It's important for nail strength. And, you know, if you're having frequent infections where you keep getting a cough and cold every other month, right? you know, or you get frequent tonsillitis or frequent urine infections, that can be a sign that your immune system isn't functioning as well. And iron deficiency can be a cause or can lead to a poor immune response. So there are very vague symptoms, but you know, if you are suffering from some of these symptoms, then do consider getting yourself tested. Um, and coming back to sleep, you mentioned like, you know, not sleeping well. So yeah. iron deficiency, in fact, I often have patients telling me they sleep well, they sleep for eight hours, but they wake up and they don't feel rested. All right. So it's having unrestful sleep, that's actually a, a common sign of iron deficiency. 
So these are the few things that uh, our viewers can look out for. I mean, it's like what mm-hmm. Dr. Diraj has said, you know, you should check and base on your performances. Uh, even though after your sleep, you should fresh, feel fresh after eight hours. <laughs> because yeah, if you feel tired, yeah. then it's something that you should uh, ask yeah. the questions to your own self, right? Uh, right. And yeah. you know, all these tests done in the uh, the integrated medical center by the Iron Suede Stock. What is the lab test show? So the first thing that we always run is a full blood count, right? And that's that's a standard test that you get anywhere, and that shows us the hemoglobin, right? And the hemoglobin tells us whether we're anemic or not, right? So hemoglobin for a woman, I'd say the target is 12 and above, and for a man, right. 13 and above. Anything less than that, you would be considered to be anemic, and that's you know when you have too little red blood cells. So that's one of the key tests that we run. And the other one, like I said, is serum ferritin, Right. which shows us marker of your iron levels. It's actually your iron storage. And right. studies have shown that that's the best marker of checking your iron levels. Now, right. another uh, important point to make here is that the serum ferritin reference range, you know, in the lab, they all give you the brackets of the normal numbers. Yep. Those vary drastically be- depending on which lab you go to. And... I often find that the lower reference range, the lower point on the reference range is often too low. So, for example, some labs might have a reference range of 15 to 150 being normal. The next lab might show 5 to 200 being normal. Okay. Okay. But really, all the studies show that we should be using a level of 30 and above as the bare minimum. So even if you go and do your tests, just look at the level. So let's say your serum ferritin shows a result of 20 and the reference range is 15 to 150. That will flag up as normal on the test. But I'm saying that the reference range should really be 30 to 300. The bare minimum should be 30. So if your ferritin is anything below 30 and although it looks normal in the lab reference range and the result, I would still say that that is considered to be absolute iron deficiency. Right. And and doctor, I mean, of course, uh, we talk about you know you know rate. I mean, those who eat non-veg or vegetarian, it just looks like um, the non the, the vegetarians uh, tend to fall into this iron deficiency more, or it it just like a uh, depends. No, uh, yeah, being vegetarian is a risk factor. So you know that is one thing that I would rec- encourage all vegetarians or vegans to check uh, at least once in a year or right. once in two years, because iron deficiency is common. The other thing that's also actually very common amongst vegetarians and vegans is B12 deficiency. Right. right? It's just simply that B12 usually comes from meat sources. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are vegetable vegetarian options like tofu, tempeh, that tend to be quite rich right. in terms of uh, B12. But uh, that's another big risk factor for vegetarians and vegans. Mm. And, and the main reason here is actually dietary absorption of iron is very poor. Now, we said that meat sources contain more iron, but bear in mind, when you eat meat, you only absorb about 20 to maybe 30% of the iron content in the meat, right? right? And for vegetarian vegetable sources, what we call non-heme iron, right? You only absorb 5 to 10% of the iron content in there. So let me give you a rough idea. One kilo of spinach, which is multiple bags, actually only gives you about one milligram of iron. Okay. <laughs> so I can't imagine how Papa eats so much exactly. of uh, <laughs> that much spinach. Yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, a piece of steak, for example, which is you know we all know is high in iron, 
gives you about three to four, maybe five milligrams, right? So there's only so much that we can absorb from our diet. And uh, I just want to tie it back to, to blood loss because each mil of blood that we lose, you lose 0.5 mil, milligrams of iron. So wow. half of blood is made up of iron. One mil is 0.5 milligrams. So a woman who has heavy menses, when they measured it in studies, they tend to lose about 80 to 100 mils of blood. Now, if you want to think about that in your head, you visualize a Yakult bottle. Yep. So a Yakult bottle is 100 mils. 100 mils per cycle, that's 50 milligrams of iron. So that's equivalent of having 10 steaks, for example, just to match the blood loss from your heavy menses. And oh, when you donate blood, as you know, you probably donate, what, three, 400 mils a time? Yeah. Right? So that's 150 to 200 milligrams of iron. Wow. So blood loss so, is the cause of iron deficiency. So I got to eat like, uh, I don't know how many kgs of uh, spinach. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, we, we definitely going to come back into the uh, diet part and also what uh, yeah. the Integrative Medical Center by the Iron Suits can offer. Um, into other solutions, you know, um, if someone is going through a major, you know, exhaustion, you know, if they are really in iron deficiency. But let's move on, doctor. I mean, we talked yeah. about this, but can you also please talk a little bit more on this? Yeah. About this iron deficiency at the same as anemia? Correct. So, so being anemic is when your hemoglobin is low. Okay. And I know that's what I talked about earlier, but that's considered a very late sign of iron deficiency. So right. what happens is over the years, imagine a woman who's got heavy menses, right? Every month they have a cycle, they lose blood, they lose iron. So their ferritin, their serum ferritin, the iron storage level starts to fall, okay? So a normal level or optimal, what we're trying to aim for is above 100, right? And as they start to fall with each cycle over time, and they start falling below 30, they start becoming iron deplete, meaning there's not enough iron, there's iron deficiency. Now... Right. One of iron's role, as we talked about, is the ingredient to make red blood cells, right? So when the iron gets so depleted and the body can't make red blood cells, your hemoglobin starts to fall. Wow. And that's when you become anemic. So iron deficiency happens first, and when it's severe and prolonged, it leads to anemia. Now, traditionally, this wow. will only look for iron deficiency when your hemoglobin is low. So right. for a woman, 12 is the minimum, 13 in a man. And if you are anemic, then the doctor might go and investigate and look for your iron levels, your B12, your folate levels, and mm -hmm. figure out why you're anemic. But this process can take five years. It can take 10 years. And that poor patient is suffering with the signs and symptoms that we talked about. Fatigue, yeah. hair loss, poor concentration, you know, dizziness. And it only gets picked up traditionally when doctors find a low hemoglobin. So what we're trying yeah. to say here, if you're having these kind of symptoms, don't wait to that point. Get tested for your iron levels. So think of anemia as a late stage. Think of it as stage four cancer. Yeah. Why would right. we wait for stage four cancer if you can pick it up early? Right. So I can understand your dog. So we are talking about if someone is feeling some sign and symptoms and, you know, they take, I mean... Uh, religious practice on themselves, right? You know, go and do a checkup and they find themselves high in deficiency, it can be corrected. I mean, of course, with correct medications or whatever that the integrated medical center you can offer. But if let's say if someone falls under anemic, which means that it, it requires a, a little bit more, one more step to come, iron deficiency and then to get better, how long will the process will take? 
Correct. So um, let's talk about treatment options. Like I said earlier at the start, right? You can't make iron in the body. So we have to get it from external sources. Yeah. The first one, which we sort of talked about, is your dietary absorption. As we know, especially from plant sources, absorption is very poor. From meat sources, it's slightly better. But again, there's only so much that your body can absorb each day. Right. Dietary absorption, I would say, is a very slow process. If you're very low, especially if you're anemic, we wouldn't just rely on food alone because that can take months, if not years. So I think diet will help you maintain your levels once we top you up. Right. Now, top up, there's two options. One is oral supplements. Now, these come in multiple different brands, like Floridix, I think is the one that they give when you when you donate blood. They come, <laughs> yeah. um, they come as syrups, they come as drops, they come as yep. liquids, you know, multiple different types. But bear in mind, at the end of the day, all these oral supplements go through the same passage as food. So you still face absorption issues. Right. right? Absorption yeah. ratio drops depending on the body type and a lot of other factors. Yeah, I would say the average absorption for the oral iron that you're taking is about 5 to 10%. So if you wow. look at the dose, the, the brands that we recommend contain about 100 milligrams of iron, but you're actually only going to absorb 5 to 10%. Wow. Okay. Right? So that's 5 to 10 milligrams. That's mm-hmm. about as much as you can get on a day. And as, as you said, you know, they, they come with side effects. So the mm-hmm. most common side effects are the ones that affect the GI tract. So nausea, constipation, black stools, as we touched on. These are very, right. very common. Now, I'm not saying that oral supplements don't work. It is a good first point of call. But if the patient's been taking it, you retest in three months, it doesn't improve. Or the patient can't tolerate it. We try a different brand and they still experience right. the same thing because of side effects. Then the third option, which is what we, we specialize in the clinic, is that we give an IV dose, so straight right. into your bloodstream, of 500 milligrams of iron. Okay. And that's that's 100% absorbed because it's going straight into your bloodstream, right? It doesn't have to go into your stomach to be absorbed. So it's a big uh, dose of 500 milligrams, offers a very quick correction of your iron levels. Wow. Uh, sometimes you even go higher, you even go 1,000 milligrams. Mm-hmm. If the person is really iron deficient and they're anemic as well because we know we need some iron to replace the hemoglobin we need some iron to go into storage as a as serum ferritin right so based on the results we talk to the patients and then we we talk about the treatment options usually it's between supplementation or an iv dose right. and then we recheck after a few weeks and then we give them dietary tips to help them maintain the levels once they top up you know, dog. You talk about the IV treatment, right? Uh, is it quite common in the world, or especially in in this part of area where Singapore is IV is quite very common? So IV iron in Singapore is unfortunately not very common. Not many clinics offer it. Not many doctors even know about it. It is very very common in Australia, and also in uh, Switzerland, where you just came back from. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's super common. They they give it in GP settings. They give it in half an hour. You know, it's it's well-known. Patients are aware. They get tested. Um, and most doctors offer it in our patient setting. Right. Um, so is there something they should not be worried of, right? It's it's safe. It's, you know, sometimes they say, oh, why do I need to put that, you know? Yeah, I, I guess I, I can understand patients' fear of having an IV drug yeah. for a medication. But, you know, it's essentially a supplement. What it, the, the product is, it's, it's an iron core, like the element iron. And it's just like a carbohydrate shell around it, right? What happens is you, you inject it into the body. The body 
breaks down the carbohydrate shell and it starts to absorb the iron. Right. So it offers a quick fix within three to five days. There are some potential side effects, but nothing major. You know, right. yes, of course, I, I won't, you know, lie. There are a few patients, 1%, 2% of patients that have a little bit of side effects, maybe a bit of a rash, a bit of flushing, um, but the patient is monitored throughout. Then train nurses to check the patient's blood pressure before, during, and after. There's always a doctor on site to treat if anything goes wrong. Um, but 99% of the time, the patient doesn't experience any right. side effects. They walk out in half an hour and they feel fine within a few yeah. days. Or in fact, they feel better within a few days. Is there like a sudden change? You like become like an Iron Man? I mean, of course, not really like Iron Man. But, you, you know, like we, we talked about is the absorption ratio, you know, uh, where oral and intramuscular. But the, the kind of feel, right? You, you suddenly feel like, you know, oh, I'm... I'm you know, is there some positive changes? What were those like the studies like, you know, for patients or people who go through this? Yeah. So actually what we do in our clinic is we, we call patients after five days to ask them how they're feeling. And uh, we actually collected the data. So we actually have data for about seven or 800 patients over two years now. Um, and we saw that 87.5% of them uh, when asked, you know, do you feel a lot better, better, no change, worse, somewhat worse. Mm-hmm. 90- nearly 90% said they felt better or a lot better. So, you know, there is a change. Some, I would say it, it varies from patient to patient. Some patients, right. you report, they feel amazing. They feel a lot more energy. They feel a lot more concentration when they're working. Right. Um, we have patients who are athletes who are actually, you know, really working out a lot, really training mm. very hard. And they give some interesting feedback. They say that, okay, maybe the performance hasn't improved. But what they found is that the recovery time between uh, sessions uh, actually, is actually much quicker. So they can right. actually train more frequently. They can actually train harder. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a really interesting. That shows that you know muscle recovery was was improved. Um, because the hemoglobin able to supply to the muscles, right? And and the whole yeah, thing exactly. is so more oxygen delivery. Uh, right. You know, there's more blood flow, which leads to quicker muscle recovery, right? As a personal trainer, um, you know, rest is also important. Um, and how quickly you, you recover can impact right. your, your training. Um, and actually, I would say there are also what I call the intangible results of iron. Right. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, you know, it's important for immunity. So you may not feel a different, you may not feel a better immune response, but measure over the next you know, year or so how often you're falling sick, for example. Right or, you know, your nail strength or your hair strength, some things that, you you know, you just can't measure. Yeah. Uh, it's also important in DNA synthesis. So, you know, it's there's a lot of positive impact of iron, but you yeah. might not actually feel. But it is important. Right. Um, I will just touch on a little bit here. That actually, there are a lot of studies coming out in the last few years that have measured, um, you know, in Taiwan, for example, and, and the UK, when they have a national system where they can look at blood tests from everyone in the whole population uh, and they've done long studies 14 years 15 years and they saw that iron deficiency was related to increased death rates from cancer and respiratory deaths so right. it's not just you know about fatigue or hair it's it is actually leads to increased mortality and morbidity right Wow, so uh, interesting to know that you know how important this is. But again, doc, um, I know we have talked about this, uh, but there are some 
will always want to say, oh, no, I want to take high-end supplements. I say, no, I'm going to get, you know, natural food. I don't believe in, you know, we have different kind of uh, extreme hands. You know, people who want to take these, people who want to take that. But um, just by taking iron supplement, I mean, we, I know we talked about this, but will that be a change, you know, to treat iron deficiency? Or That could be. That could be a change, but it's certainly not going to be something that you see in the next three to five days. It's going to take three oh. months, maybe six months for your right. iron levels to pick up. I think yeah. the important point here is to say, if you think you're iron deficient, don't just start treating yourself, right? Don't just go to the pharmacy or iHerb and, and order some iron supplements. <laughs> go, go and get yourself tested and just Very confirm true. the diagnosis. I think that's my most important take-home message. And then once confirmed, yes, iron supplements could help. I'm not saying, you know, it's, it's definitely not going to work. No. But in my experience, it often gives a slower change, but it, it may help, right? So buy a good brand, Okay, one that gives you good absorption and least side effects. But then at the end of the day, it's different for everyone. What doesn't give me side effects might give you side effects, right? So I think it's fine to take iron supplements, but get yourself pre-tested, take the supplements, and then check it's working. Recheck in three months, recheck in six months. Sometimes, you know, doctor says, here's your, your iron division, here, take some iron supplements. You take it for a few months right. and then you never get tested again. And then, you know, it doesn't get dealt with, doesn't get fixed properly. So I think iron supplements has its part, but be be mindful, get the right testing done. And then if you are taking it, then check it's working after a few months. Well said, Dr. Diraj. Uh, we are now, right now, at uh, Kopi Advance. Uh, we are almost about 33 minutes with Dr. Diraj. We are talking about iron deficiency. He is from the, the Integrated Medical Center by the High End Suites. Uh, if you want to get in touch with him, the contact details are here. A very interesting topic that we are talking about, about iron deficiency. The, the human body is like the exactly like a car. Uh, sometimes you just because you have a driving license doesn't mean that you can able to repair just by putting any wires. Right now, it's all about electronics. So same thing yeah. like our body. That's what Dr. Riraj is saying about do not try to treat your own self in thinking that, you know, these are uh, useful, may not useful. you may be uh, misjudged or mistreated your own self and sometimes can even go into dangerous, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but but this is the topic that we're going to talk about, Doc. Very interesting. Uh, when it comes to diet, you know, for so much of things, the nutritionist, the dietitian, and some people are just Mr. Google, you know, they would just go up and say, oh, I'm not going to take rice. Oh, I'm not taking this. And then another person says, that, no, I'm only drinking water. There's so many uh, varieties and various uh, examples that I can talk in my industry over a mm -hmm. period of 15, 20 years that I'm talking about, you know, people just come up with their own diet. You know, some say, I'm just going to take rasam. Rasam is like the Indian soup. Uh, they're yeah. just going to take that for the next, you know, malnutrition. Uh, some say, no, I don't need carbohydrates at all. I'm going for zero carbohydrates. Some will say supplementary. There's so much of information out there. What yeah. can we learn here, dog, from the integrated medical center? Because we see it's like a holistic approach that you guys are now, you know, um, giving the service or operating in the world. How can we learn from you? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Everyone looks at Dr. Google and then thinks uh, that's the best diet plan out there. Um, but yeah, you're right. There's hundreds of different diet plans out there. I think I'll put my hands up. You know, obviously I'm a doctor, but diet is something I talk to patients about. But there are much better people who are more equipped and much more knowledgeable. And that's why at the Integrative Medical Center, we work with different experts, we have a dietitian who will spend an entire hour talking to you about what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat. But I think my two key take-home messages here would be 
doing a diet or like, you know, a very strict diet is often a fad. It's not sustainable, right? You can't be keto for the rest of your life. You yeah. can't just eat muscle for the rest of your life. You can't go on a juice cleanse for, you know, ever. Yeah. I think you, you got to find something that's sustainable, something that works, something that's healthy in the long term, because no one can be on a diet plan forever. So the key thing is find something that works. So I, I, I'm a big fan of low carb, high, good proteins, high, good fats, and not no carbs, of course, right? Low carbs, because again, lo, no carbs, again, it's not sustainable. You're trying to go keto. You're trying to go into ketosis. You can't do that forever. And then you got to enjoy life too as well. You got to enjoy life's simple pleasures, right? So a diet should be something that's sustainable. And if you're really trying to change your diet, trying to get a better lifestyle, that comes along with sleep and exercise. So that's what our dietitian, Dr. Naras, does really well. He spends an entire hour and he concentrates on these big, huge right. aspects of your life. Um, so that's that's the number one tip. And then, of course, I'm going to give some tips about iron absorption specifically. So right. we don't ever force anyone to change their dietary uh, restrictions. So we never force vegetarians or vegans to eat meat if they don't want to in fact i can give them dietary tips that can improve the iron absorption so my number one tip is if you're having an iron rich meal if you're having green leafy vegetables or if you're having that steak have mm. some vitamin c with it because that improves the absorption in the gut so it can be just having some orange juice it can be having some fruits after it doesn't have to be an orange loads of fruits have vitamin c in them it yeah. can be something as simple as squeezing some lemon or lime on your salad and that it's going to improve the absorption that you're, that yeah. you're already eating. Now, on the other hand, back to coffee and, and tea, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, they bind to the iron you've just eaten and right. 80% of it will just pass out. Right. So they just, not, they just, I mean, they just squeeze everything out. Exactly. So it sucks the iron. It doesn't get absorbed into the body. Wow. And it just passes out. So if you're eating that steak and then you go have that coffee straight after, unfortunately, you're not going to be absorbing that iron. So the tip is to leave it an hour before and after the iron-rich meals. If you right. want to have your morning coffee, you know, I, I think that's fine because you're probably not eating steak for breakfast, I hope. You know, so your breakfast is not going to be an iron-rich meal. But um, the, the key thing here is also to realize that it's not the caffeine that's in coffee and tea. It's the phytate, it's the tannins. So that's in your herbal tea. I get asked this a lot. Is it in chamomile tea? Is it in green tea? Often it is as well. <clears throat> so please don't think that, oh, I'm drinking a green tea after my meal. That's fine. That's also going to bind to the iron and 80% is going to pass out. So now the million dollar question. What is your favorite food, Doc? <laughs> I am a sucker for chicken rice. <laughs> Not about fish tikka and chicken tikka, you know, all those stuff, all the uh, green stuff. Uh, I'm I'm a very bad Indian. I actually don't really like Indian food, and I can't eat spicy food too much. Okay, so <laughs> next uh, lunch date with Kopi with Vance, all right? Deal. But I love Prata though, so you can take me out for Prata. Okay, let's go. I I'm also <laughs> a big believer of food because in the fitness industry, if you look at it, um, you know, of course, not all coaches does that, but you know, more so, you know, put them in a zero carbs diet. And then what happens that during that period of one month or two months, they, they go, I mean, pretty good, you know, they lose a couple of kgs. But 
you know, carbohydrates is very essential for our body, for our daily function. You know, some says, no, you have enough in your body. But of course, if you don't have that, you know, you can be hypoglycemia. We call the low blood sugar. And so many things can happen. But then yep. after a period of two months, three months, dog, what exactly happened? Because I have witnessed it. They just go crazy. Then they eat yep. about 5,000 calories a day, 7,000 calories a day. And then you can't control. They lost 5 kg, but then they put on 25 kg. Exactly. And then you start back the whole regime again. So it's not going to be substation, um, uh, able to sub sustain for a period of yeah. time for the rest of your life, right? I mean, you you spot on on that, though. Exactly. So a diet plan is going to be sustainable. So you can, it's it's a it's a mindset change. It's a it's a lifestyle change, and you do it once, and it's for forever. Thank you, Dr. Diraj. Uh, for all the viewers who are listening right now, this is Kopi Advance, and together with me is Dr. Diraj from the Integrated Medical Center by the Iron Suites. Uh, interesting topic about iron deficiency, and Dr. Diraj is the second time coming on board uh, with a great information for our viewers. So if you want to get more information, or if you feel that you are lethargic, and these are the signs and symptoms that we talked about, the guys are able to able to contact them, and you know you can able to check. Um, doctor, we are also in um, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, so you can actually listen to them and share to all your friends and families or even to your patients. Um, we, we are almost coming to the end of uh, Copy Advance. Doctor, before we end the show, um, any tips that you have for our viewers? Um, I'd say, you know, do a nutritional health check once in a while because it's not often picked up in health screening programs. So, do ask your doctor to get a serum ferritin, a B12, a folate, and a vitamin D. These are the four common nutrients that are easily tested for. Any clinic can do them. You just got to ask for it. Just do it once in a while or whenever you do a health screening, throw these additional nutrients in because it's so important for our, our general well-being. Thank you, Dr. Adriraj. I really enjoyed the session with so much information. And also, I don't want to take more time of you because I know you had a very long day and you just jumped in like a flash, you know, <laughs> and I know what happened in the backstage. Viewers, this is Dr. Deeraj spending almost about his valuable, almost 41 minutes with Kopi events. I enjoyed the session. And also, Dr. Deeraj, take away on all those stuff that we talked about. And you can able to listen to us at Kopi events podcast in Apple Podcasts and uh, Apple and Spotify as well. You can listen to the both or you can contact them at the details below. Doctor, uh, thank you so much you. for spending almost about 45 minutes right now. We are definitely going for that. Uh, I'm, going, I'm going to bring you for that. I don't know if you have seen my post, but most of the time I talk about food. And then yeah. people say, hey, Vince, you are a trainer, you are a coach, you shouldn't be eating this. I say, look, don't come and you know, tell me all this stuff. Because yeah. like what you say, you know, it has to be sustainable for the rest of the life. And of course, there's so many things that we can talk about. I'm going to bring you for fish tikka and a chicken tikka if you're game I've for seen it. it. I've seen your dosa and your Indian food post workout. Don't <laughs> worry. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> and I also burn tons of calories, you know. I, you know, exactly. Balance, balance, balance it stuff. out. Exactly. <laughs> All right. It's fun and really informative having you at Kopi Events. Thank you so much. I'm very Thank grateful you very that you joined much, us man. today and uh, we will stay connected. Thank, Thank you. you Doctor. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we was just uh, Dr. Driraj. I really enjoy a session with him, especially doctors who you know love to give educational information through social media to reach out to people at your own home. They can be traveling in the bus or you can be traveling in the plane, wherever you're listening to our podcast. I think it's very valuable information on the uh, topic of iron deficiency, how it can affect you. 
uh, we had a great chat talking about all the details. I mean, of course, not as the whole lecture that we covered about, but the most important iron deficiency that your body doesn't have enough iron to make red blood cells. Iron is important because it helps you to get enough oxygen throughout your body. Your body uses iron to make hemoglobin. Hemoglobin is a part of your red blood cells. And all these, I think, we need to understand. But sometimes we don't really uh, care about what is happening inside, but we rather we care what is happening outside, which is, of course, oh, I have gained 5 kg. Oh, I've lost weight. You know, that's perfectly fine to have goals. Um, you know, you got to stick it to it. You know, don't go on a crush diet. Like what Dr. Diraj has said, you know, you need to see a nutritionist. You need to see a proper qualified dietitian to talk about it. And that's what the guys at the uh, the Integrated Medical Center by Iron Suites have done it. And I have done the uh, iron deficiency test as well. Unfortunately, I passed it. But of course, as a blood donor regularly for the past uh, 18 years, I think it's very important for me to check as well. I think it's important for you to check. It's because it's your body. you got to take care. Um, I always refer the human body to a car. Just because you have a driving license doesn't mean that you go and, you know, do your own repairs and changes the wire to left and right, negative to positive. You don't want to touch that. Of course, you need to know, and that is why professionals like doctors, scientists, and professors all around there to get, you know, um, get our help. You know, to we we seek them help, right? So this is Vance. I'm gonna join you again on my next uh, copy events, which is coming every Wednesday at 9 p.m. You can also listen to us at Spotify and Apple Podcasts, right? Just type in Copy with Vance and it will be there. All our podcasts are loaded there so you can listen to them anytime. And if you do require any assistance, you can contact our doctors as well. So I'm going to sign off and I'm going to catch you again next Wednesday, 9 p.m. Copy with Vance. Adios, amigos. Bye.